Hello, and welcome back to The Dive, Season 2, Episode 19. I am Jack, joined by Azale on the other side of the table. It's me. Kobe in the middle of the table. <laughs> it's him. <laughs> 19 episodes in to the second season, I decided to switch it up and say Azale and Kobe rather than Kobe. I Azale. think you did a great job. Uh, I actually much prefer it. I really like this response. Yeah. I kind of like, actually, I like being the caboose here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Last is not the always the of the dive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This episode, we are talking about some global news, including some LCK, then Patch 813 just dropped last night, and then we'll get to NALCS. But first, we actually have some breaking news. Oh! 43 minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> it's funny because Azale last time said something about having a graphic uh, tier list or yeah, something like that. never say you and have And our producers were like, don't call for graphics. We can't, <laughs> we can't promise those. Okay. So now we're going to have a breaking news graphic. I, no, we're not. <laughs> right here. Do not test the producers ever. Wow, uh, this is nice <laughs> VR and everything. I see the dragon flying over Kobe's head. Oh, I can't believe God. we had budget for that on the dive. That's yeah, insane. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> uh, the dive is also canceled. Um, but, Anyways, our breaking news. Yeah, Jack. 100 Thieves, this was 43 minutes ago, tweeted, we're excited to share that Levi and Brandini. Like Levi's right here with us. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. <laughs> we'll be starting for 100 Thieves at Rift Rivals. So that's going to be in a week and a half. Both players have shown immense dedication to the game and to the team. We can't wait to see them play at this special international event next week. Now, this is interesting because we've kind of been wondering what 100 Thieves is doing with Levi. He hasn't looked mm -hmm. amazing in Academy. And we also mentioned that because they have import slots in both the top lane and the mid lane, if Levi was ever going to get time to play, it would have to be also subbing out Someday or Ryu, which we found unlikely. What I'm surprised here is, uh, A, that it's actually Someday that they're not starting in Rift Travels, um, but also B, that it's not during the regular season at all. So what do you what do you make of this? Let's this start with your let's start with a your break? A first, actually. Uh so uh, assuming you're meaning that you would find it more likely they would sub out Ryu. Yeah. Is that why you think it's correct. Um, that was my what we always said whenever we'd bring up this conversation of how does Levi start, we think, okay, they need to play Linsanity, right? Mm -hmm. In the mid lane instead of Ryu. Mm -hmm. Because you don't expect it to be someday. But also the second point of do you even think this is a serious thing or is this just literally giving Someday and Meteos a break? Speculate away. I mean, I, I think I think it can definitely be a, a serious thing. Like it could it could simply be a break, but but everyone when, when Levi came over, this is a guy that is not just a random challenger player. Yes, he has had tremendous solo queue success, but he's a guy that came over with a proven international track record. And I think when he came over, regardless of, of whether Meteos is doing well or not, I think Meteos has done well. Um it was a situation where his international track record, everyone is saying, all right, as soon as his English is good enough, he's going to start playing on an LCS team, right? Like this guy was always a monster uh, for the Marines internationally at Worlds, at MSI, et cetera. So I think that this could be, you know, a very legitimate, like, hey, you've done well. Let's test yeah. out how you work with the team now. Like he is practicing his English tremendously. If you watch his stream, he now speaks a lot more English on stream. Like yeah. he can type English very well. Like he's obviously put a ton of work in. Yeah, I mean, it is... Pretty clear too for the teams that hmm. uh, since Rift Rivals doesn't have an impact on their normal season standings, it doesn't have an impact on them getting to worlds, that it's a perfect opportunity to test things like that. So it is an element of both of those things. It's not like, oh, completely troll. It's not also, yeah. we're immediately trying to get X person off of the team so we can get Levi in or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but I think that we've seen, especially with this split and the rise of academy players on multiple different teams you know mm -hmm. TSM and Cloud9 and all the you know drama of everybody switching that more and more um these franchises are taking the 10 man rosters and really trying to utilize um all 10 positions and and trying to move up people and have them in kind of like right. the staging zone and, and you know testing and Levi you know for what it's worth in the academy games, uh, you know, hasn't like taken over a lot of academy games right. for them, so maybe that's why it's, you know, been a bit longer than people were thinking. Yeah. Um, of course, he's as Azale said, already proven himself on the international stage as well as in um, solo queue. You know, it's a crazy yep. win rate or whatever. Uh, so I think it's it definitely has the serious element to it. I'd agree with that. I like I. I am more impressed by Levi's solo queue than I normally am other players' solo queue. I think we talked about this last week. It was yeah. a 70% win rate. He didn't play Lee Sin, which is what people always said. He Ooh, only got rank one in this. Three games on it now. He's a cheater. 
Yeah, well, he had like 70 on his first yeah. account that he got rank one with, and then he decided to do it again. And that's why we were speculating of whether they'd actually sub him in in other positions, because his LeBlanc actually had a 80-plus percent win rate across 15 games in Challenger, and his Renekton also had an incredibly high win rate in the top lane. I, I like that 100 Thieves is doing this, because, as you guys kind of pointed out, Rift Travels is high-level stage practice, but it doesn't actually matter for the LCS race as far as them trying to get towards Worlds. And honestly, 100 Thieves hasn't been dominant, right? Mm -hmm. They kind of squeaked out some wins just to make it to 2-2 two and two in this split. So I'm all for trying to find opportunities for Levi and also saying that the two Korean imports aren't untouchable, right? I want to see how Brandini does, and I would also be interested in seeing how Linsanity does. And I think one of the big advantages that you are going to get with Levi and it's something that you can maybe like infer from solo queue, but also from his performances internationally is I do think he's more of a flexible player than Medios as far as like the, the, the width, you know, of his champion pool or whatever you want to say. The like, width of Well, it. yeah, nice. I was going to say the breadth. So wide. <laughs> anyway, it's a big champion pool. It's skinny, but it's wide. Uh, but anyway, um, so he, he can play all kinds of champions. And when you're talking about a meta with, like, funnel strategies, which they have actually done in Academy with him, mm. uh, again, he hasn't been dominating they there. They did that but before. It was cool. Yeah, Nocturne. There you go. So it's yeah. like, you know, the Nocturne stuff. But he, he theoretically could be taking, like, when you see there's, like people moving around, you know, Hooney moving uh, to play like the Talia jungle and whatnot. Well, Levi should just be able to play anything you ever want in the jungle. Yeah. I mean, you, you're you more and more, you just want really uh, universally kind of skilled players, right? That, mm -hmm. that are going to have skills that are applicable to multiple different champions and well, stuff like that. I actually, uh, I think it's interesting that people still have this perception of Meteos when Funnel Strategies first came out that they're this hard farming, that Medios is this hard farming jungler because that's what he was in 2013 when he was like an ALCS MVP. 12.3 KDA. <laughs> Huge KDA, massive farm. But that's not the player Medios has been for the past several years. Medios is very much like a vision control pace jungler who tracks well and ganks well. Whereas Levi is actually much more the power farmer hard carry. So it would give 100 Thieves different looks if they actually were going to run a larger seven-man roster where they sub out the top lane jungle kind of duo and allow Levi to be the farm jungler, whereas Medios would be the support jungler. I think be. we've also seen over the years that like jungle is one of the most valuable roles to have a sub at. Yeah. Um, that's what so many of the you know Korean teams as well as uh, Chinese teams have been doing. Because uh, you get to watch the games, you know, uh, intently with your coach and kind of plan, have a lot more time to plan around what the other one is doing. Um, so it feels like a pretty good position to have someone be able to come off the bench. It is, but this situation is kind of different unless you're going to permanently have Brandini starting regardless. Like, yeah. You have to then swap two mm -hmm. people if you're going to swap. And I do think that, exactly. like, you know... Top laners I mean, are all the same, whatever. It, it, cha it changes a lot, or Ryu or whoever, I right? Um, but if they were to move to like, a, oh, okay, Lin Sandy's just your starter no matter what, or Brandini's your starter no matter what, then you have more flexibility of going back and forth for jungle and swapping based on only that person's champion pool or, or whatever. Also, Rift Travels only allows six-man rosters. Mm. So I'll be interested to see what they submit. Oh, I'd, imagine, I'd imagine they submit Medios as their sub. Because otherwise they'd have an invalid roster if they... Yeah, you're right. It has to be. The thing is, um, Rift Rivals, while, yeah, you know, it's a good opportunity and this is international um, experience. International these, only allows six-man rosters as well. That's true. Yeah, so... Um, that has nothing to do with what I was going to say, though. Okay. <laughs> okay. Continue um, on your... Yeah, even though it... Um, this is going to... These are high-quality teams. Um, if they all are kind of taking the same look at it as like, oh, this is a good time against high-quality teams to practice... Uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that we want stage experience, mm -hmm. but, you know, don't want to kind of risk uh, LCS stuff in, uh, then that kind of, you know, brings it down to like international scrim level if everyone's yeah. going crazy. And the first thing that came to my mind was Echo Fox had DeMonte like banned for a few games, yep. but they had been like planning to use some of their academy players too. Mm -hmm. If 100 Thieves make roster changes for Rift Rivals and Echo Fox do... Um, then it just gives us excuses. And and what about? What if Fnatic and G two and you know uh, Spice? We slam Everybody's just <laughs> changing out their rosters and stuff. I mean, these still are very high quality teams from both regions, right? Yeah. Um, 
So it's still going to be good practice and good testing grounds, but success at Rift Rivals has not translated. You know, Mike Young, I think, is a, such a good example from last year where he, he dominated, right? He was on top of the world, Rift Rivals. Uh, world champion. And he has, you know, not really gotten back to that point ever um, and even down in Academy now. So uh, Rift Rivals is maybe not the if best. If you win Rift Rivals, round. are you doomed to go to Academy? <laughs> Rift Rivals is in like a week and a half. We're going to be doing a special Rift Rivals episode X Euphoria with Deficio and Dracos when they get here. Can't wait to talk more about that. But I do want to move on to LCK, which has been happening since Monday night because they play like six games a week. Uh, a couple things. I think we're going to start with Griffin, mm -hmm. actually. Oh, baby. Because Griffin is a recently promoted team because the LCK still has promotion relegation. They only made it into the LCK last split, and they are currently undefeated in the LCK. What do you guys make of Griffin's early success in the LCK, and what do you think it means? I think it's insane. It's one of the most exciting stories when you get a whole group of new players making a, uh, an entrance like this, it mm -hmm. does make you think back to SKT, you know, like 2013 when they're storming on the scene, just defeating everyone. Um, like these guys, when they came up uh, against Kingzone, was it two nights ago now? Um, that that was going to be like the big, oh, make or break moment where you're like, okay, you know, they've been beating everybody till now. You had a nice run or whatever, mm -hmm. but Kingzone are still, uh, you know, the top dogs. And then... They slam Kingzone too, <laughs> and uh, and and that's when all of the international, uh, you know, accolades and and everyone's like attention starts turning turning to really find out what um, what has led to this success because this is not just a flash in the pan thing anymore. Um, it's completely uh, proven. So I like those games actually were pretty interesting to me too because it really made me first of all want to be able to understand Korean. And then second of all, have access to their comms <laughs> so that I could uh, understand what their comms were. Because it seemed like they always set up very quickly for plays and, and counter plays mm -hmm. um, and were, you know, a couple seconds ahead uh, in positioning uh, from the Kingzone members mm -hmm. in most of these collapses. I, I was watching their jungler a lot, Tarzan, and so many of the plays would start with him waiting in a bush looking at peanut for like a whole second and like the rest of the team, you know, all collapsing ahead of time or something like that. Um, and it just seemed like this was another uh, instance where they, they just set up so well as a team in addition to the, you know, high ceiling of their yeah. individual skill. Uh, just one thing to note about Griffin is they have essentially had the easiest possible schedule up until this point. Kingzone was their first test, yeah. but they are still yet to play KT Rolster Genji, which is the old Samsung mm -hmm. slash old KSV team, and Afrika. So they, they're 6-0 and up until that point. The SKT win is impressive-ish because SKT has actually kind of lost to everyone. The Kingzone win is impressive. I think the Hanwha life one was actually pretty impressive since Hanwha is 4-2 and two overall <laughs> at this point. You're saying a lot of them are impressive here then. Damn, it looks like they're pretty, pretty it's impressive. It's impressive to win in the LCK <laughs> to begin with. So, But the best teams in the they're LCK... They're like 20... Was it 23 now in Zero? 24? In 2018, something in like 2018, that. In 2018, yeah. they have basically they have won every single so, series. And they were up to like Every match, yeah, because yeah. they're 2-1 against a couple yeah, of these yeah, ones. Yeah. But their match score, when you yeah. include like promotion and, not, yeah. and the yeah, academy yeah. stuff, they're insane. And that's yeah. a cool, you know, stat to them. And, and just the way in which they beat Kingzone, right? Kingzone was supposed to be the big test, as you said. You know, a lot of the teams weren't as... I don't as, think, by the way, KT is like a super big test anymore, but that's another side. But, <laughs> I mean, like King, Kingzone, you know, it, it's kind of funny watching the game because it was... If you had turned off the nameplates and everything... Like, like you would have thought that, like you know, no context given, you'd probably be like, oh, okay, well, Kingzone is is this team slamming the other team. I mean, it was nineteen to four in kills in the first mm -hmm. game, eighteen to three kills in the second game. Like it was looking like they were just styling on them. Like their team fighting is is so damn impressive, and that's the thing that I think you know the coordination and team fighting that really has, has stood out the most to me. Because watching them, it's like yes, there's all these guys who have no like essentially professional career before, mm -hmm. um, but individually they're all so damn good that when you're watching the team fight, when you're watching like I actually you know was was watching the game and then I paused and I rewatched the team fight and I watched each of them in the in the fight and it's like it feels like they're all doing everything right in these little skirmishes and you mm -hmm. essentially just have five of the best mechanical players it feels like who are doing 
every little every little bit of the fight right every time, and that's how you're coming out with these big advantages. And it's just super super impressive to watch in I, addition to their champion flexibility. I would say though about the nameplates thing when I, I at the beginning, you know, of the first match, mm -hmm. uh, for sure, Kingzone looked like Kingzone to me. It wasn't like you know Kingzone looked like a different team or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, because you know peanut he he goes ganks bottom lane level two they they get the kill on bottom lane and he's controlling both, both scuttle crabs and you feel like oh yeah this is you know normal kingstone or whatever they're, they're uh you're gonna put these new rookies in their place right but from there it all falls apart and and it mm -hmm. falls apart and it totally swings when they have these these big collapses like these these four man mm -hmm. collapses or whatever that you're talking about and everybody converging and um, they have no hesitation and they jump on them so quickly. So that to me was why it was like they completely passed the test and this yeah. really did prove a lot uh, to me because it wasn't like they beat a weak king zone or something like yeah. that. This It seemed like... You know, it did have a pretty bad After game. that, yeah. So after like, that, it like went the, down. The start was super good, but then with that advantage, he basically did nothing, right? Like Tarzan was chain ganking for top lane for Sword. Sword is always playing carry into Mundo both games. It was Aatrox and Mundo, then Darius and Mundo. And like Tarzan was nonstop going up there, helping to snowball that lane. Peanut was nowhere to be seen. He was like, you know, he, he gets first blood, gets both scuttles, and then... What he did nothing for the rest of the game, where Tarzan was just running over. Classic top lane, just blaming the jungle. <laughs> jungle that different. Yep, I, jungle nothing difference. I could nothing do. Nothing Khan could have done, <laughs> Amundo. But really, uh, Griffin to me now is must-watch LCK matches yeah. for sure. Uh, I think it's so interesting because we now have Genji gunning for worlds. Griffin is going to be gunning for worlds. We know King Zone already has a bunch of championship points. Afrika was second place, and we got. Still haven't talked about KT and SKT, the general telecom war. So the difficulty in actually making worlds, which is in Korea, for SKT again, which is kind of where I want to talk about next, is so <laughs> hard. Because the last time SKT didn't make worlds, if you guys remember, was in 2014, Korea. the last time worlds was in Korea. And now we have an SKT team who is sitting at 2-4. and four. They started the split 0-4 have since beat Jinair, who is winless, and they beat KT Rolster two nights ago. What is interesting to me, uh, I, I have a little bit of hope with SKT now. And when they're own 4 I actually had very little because they're still at least trying to change the way they're playing Kobe. And if they find their stride, I still feel like they have the experience that would be able to get them there. Bang, I think playing bottom lane Morgana was cool to me. I think that's a super solid pick, actually, when you have any support with a carry Morgana because then you're able to put your carry mid lane and basically make him unstoppable, which is what they've done with Faker when he was on Yasuo and Aatrox and that kind of stuff. Um, but, boy, they're, they're struggling. What do you think of whether or not they can make a run? Um, I like that. They're, not even, they're like a third into the season, but still, yeah. you already need to make a run because of the hole they started in. I, I like that they are just... You can tell they are digging super deep to find anything that will work. Mm -hmm. They are looking at every single champion, every single position, trying to swap Faker around wherever they can get him. I don't know what happened when they actually took him off. Any way we can have Faker in every role at once. <laughs> yeah, we'll have another one of the Hooney graphics, except yeah. it's Faker in all of them. <laughs> um, but I, you can tell that um, you know they are doing everything in their power mm -hmm. to try and find the winning formula, and they're coming out with a lot of interesting things like, uh, you know, the Shen Talia bottom lane that they yep. had during the funnel. Then they had the Morgana bottom lane for Bang. Um, Faker on Aatrox. Faker uh, on the bench. <laughs> that one I didn't like so much, but, you know, they're trying <laughs> everything. strategy yet. That just proves the point. They're literally trying all options. So to me, they, they are trying all these different strategies, and that's great that they're, they're not obviously not giving up. They're trying to be flexible. They're trying to find a strategy that works. But at the end of the day, the level in the LCK is so incredibly high that it's not just about finding the perfect strategy. You also have to execute at such an incredibly mm -hmm. high level. And I don't think that SKT has good enough players to get to Worlds. Like, I just don't think that it's going to happen. Um, the competition is too high now. It feels like mm -hmm. so many teams are getting better. And then it already felt like it would be really hard before Griffin showed up. And now Griffin is looking like such a monster team that when you add another team in there that's such a, a big competitor for it, like, could... Could, could they get into playoffs? Sure, right? But it could. Like, I think it's much more likely that it looks like it did in spring than it does them making this miracle run all the way to Worlds. I just don't think they have good enough players now. And and for 
Faker to like return to this international dominance, I think he needs better teammates or he needs to change teams. Like, I, I still think it's a, a simple situation where SKT, they got rid of Hooney, they were expecting to get Marn or they were expecting to get, you know, Duke or whoever, like some big name <laughs> top lane to replace him. They never did. Players aren't good enough to, to compete on, uh, in the LCK now, I think, at the top, top, top level. Yeah, here's... We're going to continue to have this conversation all throughout Summer Split because it's so intriguing of SKT maybe not making Worlds. I agree with you that they'll they'll probably squeak into playoffs. They're probably not going to win LCK Summer. Mm-hmm. But I'm not willing to count them out of the regional qualifier or the gauntlet at the It'd very end. It'd be exciting. Because that's when the pressure is at its absolute highest. If Wolf gets back to a playable state, they're going to have three super strong veterans in Faker, Bang, and Wolf. And that's at least going to give them a fighting chance. Yeah. In that final one best of five decides your entire year environment is when SKT is technically at their best. But I agree with you. Their roster doesn't stack up with maybe five yeah. other rosters in the LCK. And it's it's like, do I think there's a chance? Yes. But if I have to, put a, if I have to bet on it today, yeah. right? If it's like... Put your money where your mouth is. I am not betting on them making worlds. And would either of you? You'll have to come back to me on that one. <laughs> it's SK. Uh, like it's it's a big it's a big thing. And we're having this conversation way too early. I have some new breaking news. Fellas. There's more breaking news. Yeah. How much news can break? <laughs> well, uh, Sneaky has done another cosplay. Oh, <laughs> oh man! I was like, Cloud Nine's changed it. What's the cosplay? It's of. I, I don't know what it's from, but he's in it's devil lingerie. Hold on. <laughs> this is is the, this on Sneaky's Twitter? <laughs> yeah. This is like he's I love he, how you're just browsing Twitter yeah. during this. Very you're like, come <laughs> on, Kobe, Kobe, stay engaged world? in the show. Hey, you gotta keep up with the breaking news here. Otari man. Minami. I probably said that wrong. Uh, he, Little devil cosplay. There you yeah. go. You guys are gonna go have to check that out. But let's keep yeah. it rolling. This is his first. There's non- no graphics on this one, Kobe. We're not getting not only we're not getting the sneakies. 3D lingerie sneaky popping up here. Not only oh, is this gonna be in your head for the rest of the episode. Of cosplay. It's also the first time we have discussed cosplay on the dive. <laughs> so multiple. Actually, actually we did, we Kobe did it with the a made costume. He was a great cosplay. We didn't say cosplay Ooh. though. We just said main costume, right? I don't know. Can't uh, check uh, also, the first time we had two bits of breaking news in the same episode. Let's move on to patch 8.13. This hit the live servers last night. It will, I believe, be the patch for Rift Rivals. Would have to confirm that, but would definitely be the patch for week four of the LCS in both EU and NA. This is an interesting one because they hit a few of the champions that were involved in the funnel strategy that were most prominent, like Yi and Tarek and Nunu. There were no systemic changes to try and change Funnel. And then a lot of kind of simple buffs and nerfs throughout the rest of the patch. What do you guys take as the most interesting things from patch 813? Um, So for me, of course, I was looking for nerfs kind of systemically to... Uh, the things that are causing uh, the viability of funnel strategies, right? Okay. Um, you know, the strength of support champions as a whole with all the support items and the gold income and them, you know, right, spending a couple of years now on trying to make the support role fun yep. and, you know, viable um, and and influential in the game. I feel like this is kind of a side effect of all the work they put into making the support role, not this super poverty poverty stricken like ward bot role that it was mm-hmm. four years ago or so um and it's just kind of this is kind of a natural evolution to oh you know what we made it so uh possible for you to have uh a uh you know successful champion on very little gold there's a fly um that now we can have two of those supports on the same team mm-hmm. and as long as one of uh, your other champions is getting extra money from it then it's going to be successful. So I was looking at more things to stop it at kind of the root of the problem rather than right. what they did, which is the main champions that they saw at the time they were making this patch. They're like, okay, you know, it's only really Yi, Tarek, uh, you know, Nunu, Karthus and stuff like that. So they hit those champions. Since then, um, and this is after they started work on the patch, obviously, right. mm-hmm. uh, they've definitely shown that you can do it in Lucian, Zaya, you know, all these other options, Braum in the mid lane. Um so I think that that is probably going to be the biggest thing that people see missing the mark on this patch. Yeah, well, and a lot of pros have tweeted that they don't enjoy playing Funnel 
also want to note that like whether or not a pro player enjoys something is a very small part of what balancing is about. But I, I talked to designers actually a week or two ago about funnel strategies, mm-hmm. and uh, it is somewhat analogous to lane swapping in the fact that it is a, is a non-interactive strategy uh, with the opponent that when you practice it, it gets better. So uh, d- design is not about supporting the funnel strategy, but the problem is, Kobe, is it's very difficult to find an elegant solution to this problem without having collateral damage to the support position and the jungle position, because those are two of the underserved positions in league history. As you mentioned, supports being ward bots and even junglers, the most recent changes to scuttle crab, allowing it to have more experience and not punishing junglers for being overleveled are really the main things that fully unlocked the gold funneling strategy because teams were actually doing it back at Worlds when we mm-hmm. talked about with Levi having it with Gigabyte Marines. Like, it's it's been possible for a while, but now it's just a lot better. And I think the hope was in this patch that you could just hit the biggest defenders and then it becomes, like, a super niche strategy, then fine. If it happens in, like, 2% of games and it's this fun thing, then it's totally fine. But if it becomes the optimal way to play the game, it's a problem. I'm just very curious of how you can actually solve that problem because all the little solutions you think of, like, oh, yeah, you just got to make support items not give as much gold, well, then supports get screwed. Or you got to make, you know, runaway experience in the jungle not as good, or scuttle crabs not as good. That just hurts junglers, right? Like, mm. you don't want to hurt either of those roles that much, but there's a chance that's what has to happen down the road. I mean, I, I personally actually felt like those were good changes. Like, my, my opinion is that uh, I, I think funneling is interesting to have as a strategy. If it is the strategy, then yeah, that there needs to be more severe changes. But as of now, like, I didn't even really see those changes as geared towards pro play, uh, particularly because from, right. from my conversations with some of the designers and from even you can go on Lawalytics and look at win rates and whatnot, like, Tarek Yi, uh, that one in particular, actually just has such an incredible win rate, even in solo queue. Yeah. So, like, that is just two game warping that it's, like, it's making the entire game about those guys in solo queue, which yep. is, like, you didn't opt into that when you queued up, right? Like, you got put against it or you got put with it, but that was not really, like, you having a decision in it. I think it's less of a problem in pro play, but that, to me, was just, like, this. Th- that was were more reactionary nerfs based on how that strategy was affecting solo queue. And at least personally, I have not experienced a lot of funnels for or against that were not like Tarakee and, and this mm-hmm. sort of thing. That is the one that I've seen people complain about more than anything else by far. Uh, and that is the one that I've played with and against more than anything else by far. Yeah, you and me need to play some more funnels. Like selfishly. Jad wants to do a moo moo funnel. I he wants to do all kinds board. of random stuff. Like, if this is a, a selfish position. Like, I don't think this is healthy for the game long term. I want to. I want to funnel all the time. Like I want to do this every single time I do. Of a course you do. If you you because you already I as a be, normal the normal way Jat plays the yeah. game is he tries to create his own funnel. <laughs> he's, just, he's, <laughs> he's a hard farming him. jungler. He's always like I'm only playing jungle champions that are super tanky with lots of AOE like a Mumu and Phoenix Udir and, Mo- and, and Mundo. And he just tries to power clear his mm-hmm. jungle. And he's like, all right, if there's nothing left for me to take in my jungle. Then, then I'll, I'll go to a lane, you know, I'll probably gank it a little bit, but mostly cannon, I'll get those minions. <laughs> and, by, and by the time I'm 3,000 gold ahead, is easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'll play the mid laner. Like, I don't care. I feel like any mid laner now this that is sounding intriguing. <laughs> can exist on low CS and any jungler who wants access to more experience and can make use of it, I feel like it's an efficiency game because the yeah. whole reason the strategy works is... When two people are in lane sharing minions, you actually get boosted experience. One person gets 100% experience as soon as there's two people. It's, I don't remember the exact number because it's been Aww. a long time since I've looked into the code. It's around 130% experience because mm-hmm. that exists so the dual lanes down bottom can stay at least close to solo laner levels. Otherwise, they'd be so far behind. Uh, and then obviously jungle doesn't share at all. But when you have a jungle item, you get more experience than not having a jungle item. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why it works. And yeah, either one of you, Wants to play a hyper carry. Right, we can in. try it out. I will play anything mid lane. Speaking of some jungle champions, I don't know if I want to funnel this one or not, but Kindred. So Kindred got a. I, I'm pretty interested. We talked about this a little bit last with the last patch. Kindred did get a buff last patch, which was pretty significant. I actually was not expecting uh, this most recent uh, change to come in. So Kindred essentially. 
field dr is is w got changed back uh the heel is actually back on the w now that charges up uh, and then they removed the 50 percent reduced attack speed from monsters when inside the w mm -hmm. that is something that really did help kindred a lot as far as actually staying out of the map allowed you to heal up off scuttles allowed you to heal up off minions and like be more uh, proactive as far as like fighting for for bounties and, and even just in, in actual team fights and skirmishes is just straight better um so I had heard that these changes were being considered. I didn't think that they would come through after the last patch. Uh, I was I was hoping slash expecting that we might see some Kindred. I think this for sure would push Kindred back into play in pro play because this change is like, even if it is not a massive win rate change, it feels so much better playing Kindred with the W heal. Uh, and it's so much easier to stay healthy in the fights. Yeah. Uh, she was already, uh, after the first patch you mentioned, uh, pushed into at least high ELO solo mm -hmm. queue. And I saw her um, in Academy at least one game. Yeah, seen a lot. And with, like you're talking about, the healing, which I kind of like what they did, actually. They made it now a uh, percentage of you know current missing. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's much more about healing back up to a reasonable level than it is the like flat healing so uh, you know topping off and stuff like that but yeah i think she's going to be super strong i'm interested in the bounty changes in this patch because this is a system that has been getting touched a fair bit actually uh it was fairly recent that team-wide bounties got reduced for individual bounties when you get a shutdown kill but there were a few things that got removed back then. For instance, the two-kill bounty had been giving about 200 gold back to the losing team in like that rubber band way. That had actually been removed, and you were only ever getting a bounty on a three-kill streak, which I think was creating you know, a stronger ability to snowball and less ability to come back. Mm -hmm. They've actually put two-kill bounty rewards back in the game. So you're 2-0. Someone kills you. They now get an extra 150 gold to the killer. So it's more targeted. And the three to six kill bounties are actually kind of back to their old level that they were, say, five patches ago. But instead of spreading over the team, it's all on the individual. So that's gone up even more as far as your ability to get a ton of gold on one person during shutdowns. Um, last patch with the banner removal, we actually saw average game time in NA go up about five minutes. It went up to 37, and that's a little bit of an outlier because we had so much wave clear and the teams were a little mm -hmm. bit slow. But this has more almost bounce back the early game death timer is being reduced yeah creates less snowball i think we're actually headed for relatively long games pretty soon i've seen more people start bringing stopwatch uh as the eight minute turn on now i'm seeing about two a game and i think with this and more bounty bounce backs i think i think the game's gonna be long again yeah and to me when i was seeing both these changes that they're aimed at kind of extending the games and making them longer mm -hmm. um i was actually pretty surprised at how big the numbers were for these changes mm -hmm. it seems like very big changes you know hundreds of gold extra on the bounties that you're talking about yeah. that are still going to the focused person yep plus uh upwards of four seconds on the death timers you know it scales up you know from beginning to the end of the game but mm -hmm. a lot of time cut off of those death timers um, makes people respawning so much quicker. So like you get your ace uh, somewhere and you mm -hmm. feel like you can rush down Baron, but they're out there four seconds well, faster. The, de the death timer things won't actually affect at Baron stage because at level eight plus, death timers are the exact same. same. So it's it's, it's from one thing. to yeah. six has changed and at level seven has changed, but death timers at level eight and later. Yeah, I guess Baron is probably a bad example. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> and, and in pro play, <laughs> I don't think death timers will change much in pro play. Like it'll be a very small amount. It feels that that one in particular feels more so acute to me where it's mm. like Riven hit level six and one shot me, but I TP'd back to lane 6.5 five seconds faster yeah uh the wording on it though of like yeah um you know not wanting the other person to lose as much totally. um was pretty interesting to me also because there have been you know a lot there's a lot of times where like if you go for a gank and you, and you take the kill as a jungler um the top laner cares more about the state of their minion wave yep. at that point anyway and and sometimes like even if you get the kill and, <laughs> and if you take it your top laner could be in a worse 1v1 position because the other guy died mm -hmm. and really the only benefit aside from the assist gold that they're getting it's is fine. the death timer for them to try and you know correct the minion wave or you know push it back or whatever uh so it's gonna be super interesting how that affects these early game ganks um and how you know quickly people are are able to get back and even I think it's really good taking point. of the summoner spell teleport yeah uh because that's something that 
you know made up a lot of that yeah i mean i think it is a really good point especially like the the wave positioning becomes really hard i mean at a level six if you're respawning 6.6 seconds faster or 6.5 seconds faster or whatever at level six uh having having that much less time for two people to actually shove out and bounce the wave mm -hmm. there, there's a very high chance that they would actually be able to like if you are both low and you can't stay and then bully them out they can just tp back in and then freeze the wave yeah. and then your jungler now essentially needs to stay there and wait for you to base and tp back and guard you from tping back in because if you tp back in and their jungler's there then you actually get super bopped off that so yeah, yeah the, the wave stuff is pretty interesting and that i think could have a really big effect all right last call for patch notes do you have any final champion changes that you want to mention? I, I could add some more detail oh. to the thing you said earlier about the experience. Go for it. I did the work. It's 30.4% bonus experience. Really? Oh, you were a whole 0.4% off. multiple champions Where do you find that? It. Was it a law wiki or something? Uh, yeah, this is just on the, uh, the public wiki. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know why they added the extra 0.4%, but keep that one in your pocket. I was maybe, close. Maybe it'll help you know what? to the extra level. <laughs> I'm going to say 30. I'm not even going to go for the point four. It's the you same. You don't He's trust them down. to be this. I don't trust them to be accurate. I, I bet, only, I bet you it's half empty. Significant figures. Go, yeah, it means yeah. very important. Okay. okay. <laughs> the last thing I would say is uh, there's been, and this will be just a quick thing, but there's been a lot of talk I've seen about, oh, Aatrox is finally meta and Riot is reworking him. I, oh, yeah, I just think, just to give like you know Aatrox, a new Aatrox. I, I'm not gonna get too much into the kit. I think once I've played it, we can talk about it maybe more next week and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, but just the idea that like a lot of people I think are are, are not realizing how long of a process it is uh, to actually do these champion reworks. A lot of these things are actually in development for over a year or like mm -hmm. or up to a year from original like planning and concept to to like you know changing all the abilities and locking down through many 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 courses of iteration. So. It's it's good to keep in mind that this would would have been in the pipeline for so long, and it is kind of unfortunate timing. You know, maybe now that right as Aatrox is starting to see a lot of pro play, uh, that the the rework is coming out. But that being said, you know, it's it's been in development a lot longer than he's meta. And as you were saying earlier, Kobe, just because something is meta does not mean it is like in like a good and, and healthy state. Yeah, sometimes you rework a champion because you can't get it out of the meta, and mm -hmm. it's in a destructive spot for the game. Like. Aatrox has always been a stat stick in a lot of ways with his normal kit. And there's definitely going to be Aatrox fans like uh, the number three ranked player in Korea. Don't rework Aatrox. We'll I'm see how he does on the new Aatrox. What if he goes yeah. straight to rank one? Yeah, I, I'm going to try jungling the new Aatrox, but I haven't, I haven't done any runs yet. So something I'm going to look into. I agree with your point, though, about it being a super long process. Ready to talk about NALCS? Let's go. All right, NALCS. The way we want to do this this week is there is so much parity in the North American LCS. We have no undefeated teams. We have no winless teams. So how do you decide if someone is actually good? There are Team Liquid and Echo Fox at 3-1. and one. There are six teams at 2-2. Two and two. And then there is Cloud9 and FlyQuest at 1-3. and three. So what we wanted to do was pick the better 3-1 and one team between Team Liquid and Echo Fox. Easy. I pick, feel like that one's easy. Pick the best 2-2 two and two team and the worst 2-2 two and two team. And then pick the best one and three team, and we'll discuss it. So, Kobe said it's easy. Who's the best start three at one the team? Bottom, so you start. With no, we start no, at the no. top. You said the one that's easy. Now you've got to put easy. your money where your mouth is. Yeah. yeah. Why is it easy? I said the one and three is the easiest. That's the bottom. No. You said three. You I said, said three, three one. one. You said easy. I said it right after you said fly quest and cloud. Uh, okay. Anyway. All right. Anyway. Check the tapes. I will. That one. It was <laughs> I'm on his side on this ago. one. I'm I on said side. best three and one team, and you said easy. You said three and one. You heard one and three. No, no, no. As soon as I heard fly quest and cloud nine. Oh, that's wrong. Yeah, you're trolling for sure. Yeah, we'll check the tape. Sure. But <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna start at uh, at the top. Yeah, who's the best three in one team? This may or may not be an easy question, depending on I, your interpretation. Depending on if you're Kobe or not. Well, I, I I would go with uh, Team Liquid. Yeah. Um, because I think they're it's much easier to bet on the consistency uh, of these players than on Echo Fox. As cool as it is, where they're like, yeah. You know, we can have Alltech top or we can have, you know, anybody top, actually, and Huni can go anywhere else. <laughs> um, it's cool a couple of times, but I'm pretty sure Dardock does not have a bunch of extra top champions uh, mm -hmm. every time Huni wants That's to play jungle, true. right? I'm pretty sure it's like mainly Rengar and then... What if it's Camila's next? Could be like, yeah, it could be like one other thing it's that Camille's he plays probably good, yeah. when he gets filled to top or something like that. Um, and I don't think that there's a lot of other champions besides Mundo that they you know want all tech up there <laughs> and that sorts of things. So um, 
I do think Echo Fox is super strong team, and they have very talented, you know, players. Obviously, mm-hmm. but um, I would definitely give Team Liquid the edge there with their consistency, especially after their showing last week. Yeah, I, I'm definitely in agreement. I still think Liquid. I mean, they're the team I expected to be the best to split from preseason. They, I think their their one loss was really like a, a big blemish. Like they got slammed by by Golden Guardians, and Golden Guardians executed well. But it's also the only time Doublelift hasn't been on a marksman, and he looks so much worse with that. So it feels like, if anything, I'm expecting marksmen to stay where they are or go up, not get worse, right? Because there's so much complaint about like marksmen not being strong enough. Um, I think there's a higher chance of Echovox because because they do all this crazy stuff of even their strategies like patch wise being hurt, right? Um, so I think you know because of that, there's it's just like probably more consistency from liquid that being said we haven't seen all the iterations of echo fox and there's like there's talk about oh is lost going to come in and demonte when he's not suspended anymore and you know maybe those changes make them even better and and they certainly i think like are right there and and have looked really strong as well echo fox definitely has more tricks up their sleeve Mm -hmm. because to go into a little bit more detail until demonte isn't suspended they can't play their other AD carry, which they who they want to play, mm-hmm. uh, because he's an OS import uh, from Australia. That's Just super like pastry time. And then the the final little point I'll make on Team Liquid is Ole looked really good last week, and I think that's just going to be kind of the player he is is one week you're super worried about whether or not he'll ever be able to make it work with double if the next week he's just awesome uh so that's always a tricky thing for me with team liquid but i agree with you guys team liquid slightly ahead of echo fox onto the giant vat of two and two teams we're gonna do best and worst this do you hard. have a best and worst for this i need to pull up are we talking current or again by like by the end i think it's kind of like I, w- I would right say now. right now. Uh, yeah, like right right now. It, coming into week three, who is going to win or who is going to be the best? Uh, I'll say I'll say right now, I think uh, – uh, actually, that's so hard. <laughs> I was going to say 100 Thieves. I'm kind of – I'm almost – Welcome between, to the prediction game. I'm almost it's between 100 impossible. Thieves and, and, uh, and CLG. Like um, I, I think TSM, as far as like right now, TSM had a bad week. They did not look good, and, and yeah. it's like, you know – it feels like a lot of the same issues that they've had for a long time. I don't think that swapping Greg out for Mike Young fixes that that sort of issue. So I think like as of right now, um, Hundred Thieves did have have a good last week. CLG, I think, if if they can be like more consistent, if they can actually learn how to close out games, I think that's actually quite a strong team. Like yeah, well, they have had so <laughs> many strong early games, so many strong like pre prepared strategies, and and it's shocking to me like that they can't seem to deal with, like, you know, how to close out the game, but maybe it's too complicated of a problem for them yeah. to, to solve. I mean, I, I agree with you. Like, COG has had strong early games, and one of these days, you'd imagine they're going to be able to fix it. But, like, that, we've been saying that for six months. Yeah. Um, and the, the trick with all of these teams is uh, we can say, hey, 100 Thieves had a strong last week. None of them have looked very good. they started, though, too. Yeah. Exactly. And they were down, what, 7,000 gold against yeah. C9? And then made the comeback. So you yeah. can say it's either C9's fault or it's Hunter Thieves' fault. Like, th- there are, are two very clear sides to it's every tough. coin. I mean, even even TSM, you look at their week one, they probably should have lost to CLG, but CLG kind of threw that so, game. So you're saying it's. I think it's none CLG. of these teams. I, I think it's. it's I'll, I guess I'll go with like. I don't even know, man. I think all the teams don't look that good. <laughs> I know. It's really hard to say. It's one of the game. Um, well, it's best of ones, and we've only had a two weeks. Yeah. So. I'm going CLG then. Okay. Or just as of right now, I don't think that they're going to be the mm. third best team or anything by the end. Like, I, I so how I, are we going to judge you and prove if you're you right can't. or wrong? That's why I think like, but but if we go back to our our like by the end of the split, then yeah. it's just our preseason predictions, okay, and I yeah. would say TSM. Um, but I think like, unless uh, those change, because you have gotten yeah. more information, so you True. can change from right. you know when we whatever. whatever. He he answered the question in yeah. un- unenviable position going first. Do I? I'm gonna go last. Kobe, you go second. Right. <laughs> also, for worst, I think I say optic right now, actually, because I think okay. Golden Guardians is actually improved. Huh. They were like one bad Nexus push away from being three and one. Yeah, that was yeah. that was all last split too. There were so many games yeah, yeah. at the beginning where we we're like optic, we're this close, you know, mm-hmm. to winning like five games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the times that that logic can be applied to so many of these teams. I would actually take a hundred thieves um, as best. Yeah, as best. Okay. Um, We're on the same page here. Their week one, <laughs> their week one was really bad, um, but 
seeing um, and all the players, you know, talking about how much they buckled down after that, you know, the wake up call or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you could actually see it where Medios, he's usually joking around and stuff. He was completely serious um, in all of, you know, on social media and also in the studio. Um, I think that 100 Thieves definitely have what it takes to make it to the top, make it out of this middle pack. So that's going to be mine. Now you have your third spot, Jat. We've had hot, a while the to think about it. Position. What's it going to be? I'll tell you who's not. <laughs> okay. So you guys yeah. think who's the worst as well. Oh, who's yeah. the worst? Oh, man. That's pretty hard. So right now, right, right now, now. Right now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say TSM, actually. Okay. I think uh, their bottom lane has been really bad. Um, their bottom lane is a more, whole or a mythy? I think more to mythy, but... Uh, Sven has not, you know, kind of lived up to the expectations that we expect from him too. Like I know, know he's a super good player. Um, their bottom line has had bad performances. Um, so right now, I think I would put put it to them. And Grig, I think Grig has been fine, but it is it, you can see kind of the difficulties there mm -hmm. because there's so much pressure on that position, um, as there always is with with TSM jungler. Mm -hmm. um, and you can see it's kind of hard to coordinate. And one of the things that we almost always see from TSM is this people people have the feeling that they're slow or you know mm -hmm. or they don't you know start off a lot of uh, proactive plays. Yep, they have actually made early plays that have resulted in early mistakes mm -hmm. in a lot of these games, and it's only and after they make this mistake and they get punished and for a lot it, of them were because then they start playing slow. And also, they've lost lanes. Like, they're getting solo killed and so, duo killed in lanes. The game versus Team Liquid. That's why you say, if you're judging them right now, coming yeah. off of that game versus Team of Liquid. Of course you're not going to play fast if you're getting blasted in all your lanes. They got super slammed. Like, there wasn't even a anyway, moment. I got to get to worst team and, and best team. And I was not influenced by your decisions whatsoever. But I, I can't, I think TSM, I'm going to do best team first. I think it's CLG. Okay. Um, because they were the closest to winning against TSM. I said CLG or 100 Thieves. He was 100 Thieves. He says It CLG. is definitely not 100 Thieves <laughs> to me. Like, that, that is one that is definitely... I feel like 100 Thieves sh should probably be one of three. Whoa! And they're subbing out players for Rift Rivals because they want to make roster changes. Whoa! It is not 100 Thieves as best. They're not worst, but they're not best for me. Whoa! Uh, <laughs> worst, I think, is between TSM and Optic. Um... Optic has had the easiest schedule, I think, based on, you know, playing Golden Guardians right off the bat. That was one of their wins. Uh, they also played, like, the C9 team in one of their earliest stage games. I don't have a huge amount of faith. Um, so that's, that's mine. <laughs> yeah. I was going to throw in, like, a... They're staring at me here like you're looking for something. Uh, I, may, <laughs> I, may as well, I may as well talk about it. <laughs> If they pick more range, maybe they'll have a better chance. <laughs> and that's, that's unfair. Uh, it was just funny because we listened to a, a Zabutin interview um, where he was like, it felt like he was trying to be the bastion of marksmen after they did yeah. their funnel strategy. He's like, you can never, you know, you can never nerf the marksman, but you can't get rid of, I can't get rid of <laughs> He's I British now. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to try. I'm not going to try. He's like, you can nerf the <laughs> You can nerf the marksman. Best bridge you can't ever. Nerf the range. And He's like, like, I know, I got the perfect accent for this. <laughs> European, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, accent coach, I am not. Anyway, uh, now it's just a meme. We always say optics should pick more. Yeah, he, it was because in the interview he was like, doesn't matter. You can nerf marksman as much as you want. But whoever's got the most range is always the best. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> like, like, that's not true Why did you pick Caitlyn? Like. Uh, I, I know what he was going for. Like, it's yeah. very important to still have good team compositions and range damage, and it's always important to have range damage, but it's never like, well, if they just pick Caitlyn Ezreal bottom, they win. Wait, what happened to your accent? Like, what happened to your accent, Kobe? <laughs> <laughs> All right, one and three. Black Quest and C9. I think this is, uh, for me, feels a pretty easy one. Easy. I, I, I still See? Think, I still think FlyQuest is, is the worst team in the league. I think they have looked like the worst team in the league. I think their one win was, like, off of a, uh, like, a pretty big throw. Um, they have not looked good really in any of the games to me. I don't think they've had a single game where I've been like, yeah, okay, Optic, all right. Or sorry, FlyQuest, you've got your stuff together. Like they've tried some different stuff. None of it has looked very effective. doesn't feel like there's any like redeeming, like bright spot you're waiting for. There's nothing 
I don't know, and, and Cloud9, there's always still going to be the, the light at the end of the tunnel that is, you know, roster swaps. They still have three of their, their you know, their stars sitting on the bench, and you have to feel like that gives you an edge as far as kind of moving up. And I would think that there would be a new iteration this week. I would too. Every week we have our game uh, with Cloud9. Um, you know, more videos come sneaky, out. Sneaky, come there's on been, down! Been, like, secret <laughs> recordings. Uh, <laughs> but I... And it's... It was it's difficult because at the beginning, you know, I was on uh, one side where I was like, okay, you know, that makes a lot of You're sense. Team Keith. Um, well, I just like, I was like, okay, you know, they, I can totally see players not taking this meta seriously in mm -hmm. scrims or something like that, and kind of brushing it off and not trying hard uh, because it, it was so crazy and it was asking a lot of players. Uh, but then as more and more information comes out, then I'm like, well. Now I want to know literally everything that happened leading up to this because yep. I want to know, did they have individual conversations? You know, what what is the growth over all these mm -hmm. months been and the, and the progression and what if they had to work through? It, it feels like this reality TV show that I I've only gotten to see two episodes of. I know, and we're like three seasons into it. Yeah, we need to know all the backstory. However, due to their LCS performance, even with everyone saying, "Oh yeah," in scrims. The mm -hmm. Cloud9, um, you know, Golden Glue and Keith and, and Zazil, um, all the Academy guys are super strong, you know, and they do uh, so much better. Um, because they are one in three, yep. uh, and so many of the teams have Results these higher matter. opinions of them, you got to think, maybe they are going to make these swaps. Azale's been a big fan of, hey, put in double mid laners, get Golden Glue and... I uh, really want them to And Jensen that. in there. That could very well happen. Hey, they could put two support players in, put Smoothie back in as well, play some funnel strategy Be with like Snake. The two real supports. Exactly. Like, yeah, I mean, you could, could theoretically sub out Sven, uh, Sven rather, Sven's put in there. Jensen, do Smoothie, Zazel, Sneaky, and like, and, yeah. and Jensen, or, or Golden Glue and, and Jensen, and you have Yasuo Bot with a support, we, and you have Terra. We could have like, like a game show every week for <laughs> what you think is going to be the new Cloud9 configuration and why. So, all right, that that's exciting. I, I agree with the discussion of like, I think C9 is better than FlyQuest. That's off the table. What is super interesting is the dynamic between Jack and the players. And it's what we know the least about. Um, Cause all we got was like the random passive aggressive tweets. We got the one behind the scenes video where they actually benched them. And since then we actually haven't heard anything. So it's like, a, I think a lot of the C9 fans have picked their sides. <laughs> They've said that they're on the side of Jensen and Sneaky. I'm just, I want to hear more from those guys and I want to hear more from Jack and I want to hear that they've come to an understanding because if they don't have that understanding, you have the owner and coach of the team making the decisions and your ex-star players who were disgruntled, that's not going to work because like in an ideal world, I, I don't doubt for a second at this point that Sneaky and Jensen were not playing well before the season and that they thought that Golden Glue and Keith and Zazel were going to give them a better chance to win in weeks one and two. What I do doubt is whether or not that decision was handled the way it should have been done or if it was even attempted. Like, we don't know. Like, mm -hmm. I, I think ideally the the right, like, relationship handling in our view is you have those one-on-one -on -one conversations. You tell them, like, you need to improve. Otherwise, we're considering this. Like, you give the player the respect of you've been with us for five years, we're not going to bench you out of the blue, right? I hope those conversations happen and I hope they're square. Because if they're not, there's a chance that this just spirals out of control and all those like one-off roster swaps, damn, that sounds cool. Like they have a bunch of good players now. We know Golden Glue is good on stage, right? We know that they actually, Blabber's a great academy jungler as well. They have so much potential to be able to swap, but if they don't have good relationships between the players, None of that's going to work. It's, mm -hmm. It seems crazy that this is the team that all this stuff is happening with to me because Jack has always been like the father figure of his Friendship team. Friendship team. You know, ever since the old days of Balls, Medios, High, Lemon, uh, Sneaky, um, he they kind of all like grew into the scene together, right? Mm -hmm. um, that was like, when he first made the entire organization. And so I kind of... You kind of also have to play devil's advocate and play it from the organization side, even yep. though um, it looks so difficult um, because the fans are always going to be on the player side and the players actually yes. have a lot of power yes. because Sneaky's so popular and Jensen's so popular. Um, so it it's just like so crazy to think through. And that's why we keep bringing up like we want all the information. Right. Because the players are not always right. 
and the owners are not always right. And we don't have enough information to decide which one it is. I know the public, for the most part, has decided the players are right. And I, I generally actually don't buy that completely. I think there's definitely some fault on both sides. I just don't know where it is, and I don't know how they're going to fix it. Yeah, I mean, we we're, we're never going to know because like, we're not going to be uh, you know release party, the two party. hour documentary release the tapes that they've been secretly <laughs> filming. Breaking point. Yeah. Uh. All right. Well. Anyway, we'll find out that's really cool, weeks. and we're we're going to continue to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. And I think now we can move on to a couple Twitter questions. Nice. Uh, Is it Zales Day? It's Zales Day. All right. Well, we Twitter have them here, right here in the doc. So, uh, no team has lost or gone Who's it from? undefeated. Is I will say that at the end because I've chosen <laughs> this order first. Nope. Uh, no <laughs> team has lost nor gone undefeated after week two. Is this indicative of parity within the league or due to the pure insanity within the meta? Are teams better or worse? Is the game more comfortable than ever or higher level? And this is from at mistakes. LOL. Alexander Avila. I'm glad I know who it's from. They're mm-hmm. really yeah. They're see, really see now it's That's fresh in your it. mind. Ready yeah. for the question? No, no. I committed. Not. I committed to a, a direction. And for for me, as far as it being indicative of parity, I think that uh, there is a tremendous amount of parity in the league. We saw that in spring split. Yep. You don't need the the first two weeks to know there is a high amount. Like there was there's one game between basically our top six teams, right? Like there's mm-hmm. such a small amount of difference between those teams. And I think that um, this is more along those lines. There may even be a, a slightly more amount of parity now. Like I think Golden Guardians do actually look better. So that's another team that has maybe moved up a little bit. Uh, and I, I think there is a tremendous amount of parity during the league. I do not think the game is coin flip at all. I think you have only to look at, at some of the best teams from, from around the world to really see that. Like, you know, look at how, how well Griffin is playing. Look at some of the top teams in the LPL, even mm-hmm. Liquid. Like, that. their games do not look coin flippy. They look just better yeah. than their opponents. And, yeah. Yeah. The game is different now. So we are testing some other things that we weren't necessarily testing before, and that might change mm-hmm. a little bit of the yeah. standings. Um, but I do like your point about the teams. We had the least roster changes between splits. I believe that we have ever had this year, but you know, Correct. a large part because of franchising. Um, and almost all of the changes were made by our bottom teams from last split. Mm-hmm. So if you're just looking at that logic, then you'd be like, okay, well, there's there's got to be more parity as far as just the the pure skill levels that they have on these rosters. Um, and it kind of, I think it will manifest itself in the standings as well as yep. it, you know, being best of ones and only being two weeks in. And I think, as you mentioned, we're testing different things. We're testing the flexibility of marksman players, which is not something a lot of teams are prepared for. And we're also testing teams' general understanding of like how gold and farm works, right? With funnel strategies and how willing they're able to go towards that. And 100% agree that there is parity and 100% agree that the game is not a coin flip. It's just different stages of the game are being decided because with shorter games the game is decided earlier and to me that doesn't make it a coin flip it's not higher level or lower level i think it's just different yep azale is flaming me on twitter for looking at twitter <laughs> did you just flame him right <laughs> that now? was the joke yeah did you tweet? all right so that, that was <laughs> a bit ago you're setting your own tweet um but anyway so we got a, we got a tweet here from uh from marius spintig and he says, I wonder why NA teams draft their jungle champion most of the time in the first pick. Well, there doesn't seem to be a high priority jungler. Wouldn't it be better to draft a, a strategy, to, like, wouldn't it be a better draft strategy, rather, to threaten a funnel comp and pick jungler in the second phase? What do you guys think about this? I was actually talking with Freak about this last weekend, as mm-hmm. we saw, I forget what draft it was, but we were like, oh, if they had just not early picked uh, Shin Sao or whatever, mm-hmm. um, then they could threaten that maybe their Brom that they had early picked, um, you know, could be mid lane. And in some instances, there is value you can get out of that. However, in some instances, you actually don't gain a lot, um, you know, from hiding that that mm-hmm. you uh, have the possibility of a funnel. I think Brom is actually one of the best at flexing between mid and bottom lane as far as oh we're going to do a funnel with the brahm uh mid or we're going to have a super strong bottom lane with something like brahm lucian that can kill mm-hmm. a lot of these other lanes because of the brahm passive and you know and double tapping um and in those instances i feel like it's better yeah um to keep that possibility um but like he was kind of saying there are a lot of jungle champion options so even if you uh you have to get a couple more bands in that area. I don't think it hurts quite as much. That being said, yeah, everyone's like still preferring a lot of the similar ones. And I would say 
in a situation where you are good at funnel and good at the junglers, it is best to save your jungle pick for later. But I don't think many any teams are good at funnel or like funneling. Therefore, they just haven't practiced. And in that case, it's important to get your priority jungler early mm. if you don't think it's threatened. And I think that's kind of why it's happening more than anything um, is because of what they've practiced and what they play. And one thing for me I, I always look at is if like even if it's not a mega high priority jungler that you must have, picking your jungle early in the draft doesn't really give away that much. As, yes, it tells that you're not doing funnel, but like I always feel like jungle matchup is much less important in general than than lane matchups because it, your solo lanes get counterpicked and they have no yeah. pressure. Even if you have the jungle pressure, you can't invade because your laners can't help you. So that's another really big reason. That's often why in, traditionally you see a lot of like marksman early pick and, and, and jungle early pick and these sorts of things so that you can get strong solo lanes so they can be pushing so that your junglers can be uh, yeah. having a better time. I think Sejuani also could be a, a really good flexible one. Like I feel like mm -hmm. there's specific champions where you can gain a lot of possibilities out of that because we you know we saw Sejuani mid. I think Sejuani also after the changes can be a good support, and we've seen it a couple times in uh, pro play already that she has been a support too. So there are options out there if your players are well equipped mm -hmm. to execute on a complicated draft like that. Flex for you to are gain. King. Yeah, when and that's that's the thing with, with the meta right now is there are so many possibilities of trying to flex around to get better matchups for yourselves. Mm -hmm. um, right, Azale. Hit us with that final Twitter question. That's, you got? I think I think that's uh, that's gonna do it for this week. You ran out. Uh, you ran out. Two questions. Ha! Mine was I better. Mean, I, Good could, job, Kobe. I, can, I can bring us some more. Do you want a fun question? To finish it off. Yeah, give us a All fun right. question. Here we can do a fun question then from Pascal at Come At Me Doe. Which four pros <laughs> would you like to play with for a week in flex or normals just to have some fun? We uh four pros to play with four in pros. flex. Yep. I don't I don't play normals. Uh yeah, or normals. <laughs> yeah, so you would do flex. Hooney for sure. Because mm -hmm. not only is he super good, uh, but he's really, really funny. Mm -hmm. Uh, especially for team comms. And and he'll do stuff like uh I actually played with the old immortals uh squad. Mm -hmm. Um without Rainover because Rainover was doing something else. And Huni was like, So you I'm got playing jungle for like Yeah. For and we got we actually got uh beat because the other <laughs> the team we were playing against, I forget, um, it was most of another team and they lane swapped on us and I didn't know what I was doing in the in the jungle. And I was like, Oh yeah, I've seen this so many times. I'm just gonna, you know, go up here and you know counter the dive or whatever. But like in the game I got super lost. Anyways, the point of the story was that Huni was like immediately was like, how do you feel about Callista Top? <laughs> I was like, great, <laughs> fine with me. Yeah, uh, and it was actually super fun. So like, uh, I definitely would want Huni on my team. Uh, I feel like uh, Wild Turtle is also Good one. a super fun guy to have mm -hmm. on your team for flex. Uh, none of these guys are gonna rage at me as well. That's why mm -hmm. I'm picking this team. Um, Who's your mid laner? Faker has to be Faker. Is that's just oh, cool. I thought we were talking whoa, whoa. NALCS. It's, it's for. It says pros. Doesn't say any other. Uh, he doesn't even pros. speak like great English. Don't yeah, you want to so have? Yeah, so he's flaming me for being completely inept. I, I won't even flamed. know what he's saying. I'm not, not going to understand. How do I know if I can? I'm going I perks. I'm, I can do former pros too. I'm going perks because I like pros. Doesn't say former. I'm doing former. I'm not done with my list. Right. I like perks. <laughs> uh, he's also uh, he's been really fun at events. Yeah. Um, and I feel like him and and Huni would have would just. Uh, come up with some you know crazy strategy for us mm -hmm, or whatever mm -hmm. um and then i need one more i need a support i guess uh afro is fun to play with i would that's think. true yeah but now you got this international gate opened up i feel like i need to reach out you're thinking about the eulcs mm -hmm. um yeah for me playing with faker would just be cool to say i played with faker i mean the guy is, yeah. is it's the true. greatest right it's, it's just true. like actually you can start i just i just want to say i played with faker i don't even care about like i, I just be taking <laughs> screenshots and stuff i'm like oh and 10 I'm like, but look, Faker's on my team. You can make a YouTube video. Be I played cute with, with Faker. Me. Get like Isaiah's all about the Instagram. Views. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to play with Huni. Yeah. The mid lane is the hardest one for me to side. That's why I was like asking you. Uh -huh. Perk sounds fine. I'm gonna jungle, and I want to play with Cutie Pie and Aphromoo. Cutie Pie's not a pro. He's a former pro, and I used to play with them. Our boy he's, Pascal wanted pros. He is super fun to play solo queue with. Yeah, I bet. Cause he's super troll. And good. All right. Well, there you go, Pascal. That's our answer. And uh, that's going to do it for this episode of The Dive. Thank you all for joining us. The next episode will be a very special episode. 
with uh, some very EU guests. We're going to have Deficio. It said average in the script. Yeah. You want to say EU instead? It's a synonym, you know, okay, yeah, <laughs> you can okay, exchange. Okay, okay. Uh, so it's <laughs> and Divicio. Uh, they're going to be joining us next week on The Dive. We're going to be talking about Riff Rivals. Remember, we're going to be having our bet, so we can talk some more about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you guys have any great ideas for the bet. But I think uh, we might be doing a... We have some good ideas that we've been cooking up. I don't think it's going to be a costume bet. I don't know if we're going to reveal it just yet. But anyway, uh, until then, uh, we're going to have NALCS kicking off this weekend at 1.30 Pacific on Saturday with the NALCS countdown. It's going to be TSM versus Cloud9. (laughs) He got rid of the smoothie. Good job.